This is Thomas DePolo. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. So, in this season of Delta Green Scenarios, and in this show of Delta Green discussion, especially scenario discussion, uh, we often talk about, oh, you know, was this thing play-tested? This feels like it wasn't play-tested. I wonder how this went during the play-test. Here's how the play-test went. And given that all of us have play-tested scenarios at some point, both as players and as handlers, both other people's content and our own content, I think it might be fun to talk about how to play test. I think some people may be asking themselves, why would I, why bother play testing? You know, write something, run it, uh, you know, put it on the shelf, call it a day. So I guess my first maybe point of discussion would be, what's the, what, why bother play testing at all? And I'll, I'll, I'll say that on record that I am a huge proponent of play testing. It, uh, I've never seen it make a scenario worse, but I think it's worth a, a brief discussion on, on why. Well, I think the principle of playtesting is the principle of really any system you're designing. Um, there's a saying in IT that if if you have backups and you haven't tested them, then you don't have backups. Yeah, that's I've heard that one. And it's it's just like any it's just like you know we we always talk about editing your work. You know, edit 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 again, edit some more. When you think you're done, edit a little more. Playtesting is just uh, another way to get feedback for a future edit. It's just spicy editing. <laughs> playtesting is just spicy editing. Um, I know episode for, title. Yeah, there you go. There's two kind of valuable things you get out of playtesting. There's two different ways to do it. One is having another handler, another person run your scenario because you can, if you wrote it, you know all the ins and outs. You kind of you've thought through everything in your head, and you kind of if if the players change something on the fly because it's your scenario, you wrote it. You know how to kind of react and like what the world will do. But another handler only knows what you wrote down. So if you didn't do a good enough job giving that handler all the tools. To react, they're going to find that in playtesting. There's also having players playtest it, you know, in part of that, and either you running it or another handler running it, and they're going to they're going to help you find all the avenues you didn't think of. You know, they're going to find clues way outside the scope that you're going to realize, hey, that's a great place for a clue, but I got to put something there. You know, and so I've and I've also never I've never like finished a scenario. Insert joke here. And then like put it on the shelf and said it's done. Every time I run, even one of my oldest, even my oldest scenarios, I find new interesting things and make little tweaks here and there. And it might be minor, but it's still always improving on them. Because I don't, maybe that's not playtesting. Maybe that's just maybe that's just playing and revising. Is there a difference there? So, uh, yeah, the, the the two different things you can do is run your own scenario and give it to someone else to run. And I think the second one is generally harder because I think most people do not know a huge number of people who are willing to pick up and run Delta Green fan content or fan content for any RPG. I think that that's something that you can benefit from being very popular by doing, but I think most people are not in a situation where they have a large reserve of uh, potential, you know, handlers looking to go out and run their stuff. Yeah, that's definitely an issue if you're not part of like a, a big online community. Because I, I expect, suspect a lot of people Perhaps are... Perhaps one that has its own Discord server. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've never talked about it before. No one will know what our coded missive means. Um, you know, a lot of people are in the case where like you have a group of five or six friends, you always play D&D, &D, every now and then you run some Delta Green. Probably not at a 
probably not have a ton of extra people to handle. Um, but it might be a case where you want to ask somebody in your group, you know, do you want to, you know, try try running Delta Green for once? And I could use someone to play test this. And you might even get value out of playing in your own scenario as someone else runs it, because you'll see all of the things you need to adjust and change. I've never done that, but I actually think I would like to. I have been offered the chance to play in someone else's treatment of my own scenario, and um, I, I, I I declined because I didn't want to like backseat GM the whole thing, which is what I was afraid I would do. But I mean, I, I thought about it. I think it'd be different if, if they were running it and it was like done. But if they were running it because you asked them to play test, I think you might get a lot out of sitting into it, and you you would just have to know, and your other players would obviously know. I I for sure would be interested to sit in on a play test of a scenario that I wrote that somebody else was running. That would be really interesting. You mean as a fly on the wall? Just listen? Yeah. Part of the benefit of, of, of having somebody else run a thing that you wrote is, is well, chiefly is, is getting a second pair of eyes on and see, seeing it through somebody else's eyes. You know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're not going to make the same assumptions that you are about stuff that you didn't actually write in the text and just left implied. They're going to make other assumptions you didn't think of. Um, and of course, it's also true, uh, the maxim that no scenario survives contact with the players. Here's a, here's a playtesting question for you. All right, I write a scenario, I hand it to you, Will, and you notice some, the players are going through it, you're running it, players are going through it, and they do something kind of off script. Do you uh, strictly stick to what is written because you're trying to playtest the scenario is written and like, you know, keep it that way? Or do you ad lib and then in your notes be like, here, I had to invent this other NPC or I had to invent the grocery store or whatever, and that's what I did. If it's a scenario that you wrote that I'm running? Yeah. Or in your, you're playtesting someone's scenario. Do you, like, I can see this yeah. is kind of two schools of thought on that, and where do you guys fall on it? I, I approach, I generally approach it uh, with as much of the scientific method as I can. You know, change as little as possible. If I have to ad lib something, if I have to make up something, I will note how it came up and what I added. But in general, if you're playtesting a scenario, you're not like co-authoring the scenario, you're, you're, you're doing QA work essentially. So in that situation, I think it's beneficial to try and change as little as possible. Um, although if, if it's a scenario that, that you have co-authored or a scenario that you've written, then I would be a, a lot freer about adapting things and ad-libbing things and changing things and skipping things, um, regardless of what I've written down on paper. I don't think I've ever play tested as a handler a scenario that I didn't co-author. Yeah, because you have uh, you know a wealth of your own work to work on, or you just don't seek out. Uh, yeah, so I um, I will play in stuff written by other people sometimes. Um, I you know I keep saying oh I don't like playing Delta Green, but I mean I've done it in the past. I can't deny that, and sometimes it's even fun. Uh, and just as a maybe that is selfish of me because I know that other people have play tested work that I've written. So maybe I should, you know, give something back and help other people by running their games. But the only stuff that I've ever, um, I've ever ran as a handler for a play test that was someone else's content was also my content. I'm actually gonna gonna flip the script though. Maybe it's not um, a situation of you must choose what to do with someone else's play test game. Like they give you the document and you see a. a, a a glaring error or whatever, or something that doesn't work when it, when you run it in your table. But how about this um, situation that I find sometimes is when people are running stuff I've written or planning on doing it. And they ask me for information about it. That's either not in the document or they're in the middle of running it. And they, they send me a private message asking me for help. 
Um, and I often wonder about that because sometimes it is a clear indication that the document is not specific enough. Sometimes it is information that I personally think is irrelevant for the scenario, and I'm I I, I didn't include it for that reason. But I guess my main question is, uh, if you're running a scenario, would you, if you had the ability to reach out to the person who wrote it, would you do that? And if your scenario is being play tested and someone asks you a question about it, what do you tell them? I would want them to reach out and I would want to be there to tell them because my feeling is if I read a, I read a scenario say, and I give it to someone to play test and they take it wildly off the rails and then they're like, oh, here's what happened. And after the first five minutes, they were on some other invented thing. Well, then they didn't really play test my scenario. They play tested this like adjacent scenario. That doesn't really help me because it doesn't tell me what's wrong in mind, except for maybe that one initial point. But if they can ask me, like, hey, you know, uh, they're trying to, they're fixing it on the grocery store. What do I do? Hey, look, invent something and then, you know, try to get them back on track and have have this NPC be there instead. And then, you know, that gives you some kind of control over it. So I would I would think your optimal thing would be if you could, like, listen to a scenario that's being playtested and listen in if it's something you can do remotely or, you know, just be available for communication with, with the handler who's running it would be supreme. I for sure would reach out if I could to the scenario author. Um, and the reason I would do that is because nobody knows the scenario better. Ostensibly, nobody knows the scenario better than the guy who wrote it. So while I, I could and I often have uh, made made something up on the spot to fill a gap, doing that runs the risk of, of closing off another avenue somewhere else. And the reason that I would ask for the input of the scenario author is that maybe there's one that I've forgotten about. You know, like... Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but that would be why well, they'll, have, yeah. they'll have knowledge. Like they could say, Oh, they're, say they're investigating a red herring. That means nothing. They can be like, Hey, you have that red herring instead of be this other NPC. It'll work. Then it'll drag them back on track. You may not have caught that, yeah. but they'll know because they have this intimate knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did. So I ran the iconic class scenario three times uh, to completion. <laughs> and, um, the first time I ran it strictly, that was so that was a scenario that Adam Scott Clancy wrote that he asked a bunch of people on Patreon to play test. And when usually when Archery has people play test, they ask you to kind of keep it like not to go too far off the rails because feedback for stuff that happened and that wasn't written doesn't really help them because they're, they're getting a lot of feedback in theory. Um, so the first time I ran it, it was very very down the road. If players want to do something that that wasn't written down that I couldn't figure out, I would just say like, hey, look, that's not the play test scenario, and the play testers knew they were play testing. And most players will say, okay, we understand that. We would like to investigate it, but it's not written down. We'll pivot to something else. You know, most players can do that. But the second and third time I ran it, I said, well, fuck it. I've already done it once the right way. And I let players get a little more wacky or a little more interesting and change some things around to do what I liked. And I think those ran better, um, which was nice. So I kind of got the, got, I kind of classed both ways, which was kind of cool. And I did end up giving feedback about the, what I changed, which hopefully gets, uh, Gets incorporated. Here, here's the question: Do you think Labyrinth was play tested, and if so, how? Because when I when I write some, because I've, I've written scenarios, you know, Delta Green one for other games, etc. But sometimes you write like another piece of content, like you write an NPC or you write a magic item or a monster or a group, yeah. And uh, do you when you do that? Because I've done it both ways. Do you when you do that? Do you go out and play test that? And if so, what do you do? I like to. I think it's I think it's value, and I I suspect that parts of I doubt that the labyrinth is written without some gameplay behind it. Some of those some of those groups getting kind of gamed out in sessions, you know, pr- privately or, or whatever. But it certainly wasn't. You know, the the value of our dreams playtesting is that they tend to put, have a wide 
you know, they're getting feedback from uh, many, many people, I hope, and they're able to incorporate. If, if, they, if someone says one thing and, and one out of 20 says it, well, maybe that's not that important, but if 20 out of 20 say it, you know, maybe we really should look at this as a, as a change. Do you think they playtested Labyrinth? I guess when I think about it, a lot of the stuff that, in my opinion, didn't get fixed from the draft to the final version was more, was less playtesting and more like, hey, all the stats on this NPC make no sense and were clearly written for Call of Cthulhu. So um, maybe I'm actually thinking of something else. I think that some of the groups I have, because one, one of the things that we criticized about that was that it was very hard to see how certain elements of it were interactive. And so if it was play test, play tested, I'm kind of wishing that more of how do I actually use this had made it into the final book. Because one of the things that I remember from the older Arc Dream stuff was, do you guys remember how in Countdown there was a scenario called Dead Letter? And in Dead Letter, there was a little sidebar that said, when when we ran this, the players did X. And it gave this entirely new angle to the scenario that they, they, they then decided to incorporate into the final version. Or uh, similarly, I think... Owl's Head Mountain has yes, one yes. too, yeah. Owl's and Mountain. that story is... Glancy told us that story in person. That story is hilarious. But do you think that story adds value as someone trying to run the game? I think it does, yeah. There are things in the book Labyrinth, like the Captain Sunshine or the Dream Syndicate, that would really benefit from, here's how I use this in my game. I suspect, because it wouldn't have been a lot of words, if each if each Labyrinth entry had, had had a 1,500-word shotgun scenario attached to it, it would have made a lot more sense. And in a book as big as Labyrinth, that wouldn't have been a huge you know, word count bloat. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not gonna gonna go into like layouting because I know that layouting is actually like way, way, way more difficult than than people think. And I mean you you've worked with Arkham on this, so maybe you know more about it than I do. Yeah. Well it is funny. I feel like and I could be wrong here, but I feel like if somebody asked me to, to proofread something, you know, play to something and it's still in like the just text layout, or if it's already laid out and they're just like you know, take a look at this. I feel like they're not going to incorporate as many changes to the laid out version because that's way more expensive. So that that does actually take us to a place, though, where we can get back on to what you, the viewer, might be wondering about your own material is at what stage of completeness do you think it is wise to try and run your scenario? Because I personally used to essentially wait until I had a first draft completely finished. And then I realized that that was bad because I was just wasting a lot of effort writing things that turned out to not require a very high level of completion or just not be good and therefore not be worth all the effort I just spent on them. So now I just get it to um, maybe 33 to 66% of the way done because there's a lot of stuff that I can run, I can ad-lib very easily, but is a pain in the ass to write down. Yeah, that's smart. I, I don't, but that's actually probably a good idea. I mean, I don't do it that way. I tend to you know draft, 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 and then revise it edit a few times and then play test like the pseudo finished document and then just add the tweaks in. But that's actually a really solid, like you make a very valid point. Maybe that's worth doing in the future. The things that are essential for me to have done are statistics of some kind. They don't, not every single number has to be finished, but I need to know things like rough chance to hit, rough damage output, things that especially would be opposed to player skills need to be in there. Yeah. And then like, I guess like story beats, you know, yes. essentially. Just a just a, a a single line description of what happens in a given scenario is fine for the most part for a playtest, as in like you know one sentence about how the NPCs go to this location, another sentence that says what happens if they get in a confrontation with the players, 
can can substitute for what in the finished document might be a whole paragraph because you don't need that much explanation to tell yourself what you're planning on doing and you need to but what you really need to do is you need to see if that encounter actually works yeah for the scenarios that I've written that I've play tested I've actually done play testing before I've written the first draft like kind of as the the final step of putting putting pen to paper which I think is the opposite of the way you guys just described yours uh, I've also said many times that like some of my scenarios are runnable by me, not runnable by others, because some of them never get past the state that Max is describing, which is that basic stats, a couple lines here, a couple lines here, what's happening, go. And some of those may never get finished, and some of them may eventually get finished. You know, we'll see. I definitely would, if I was handing it out to somebody else to play test, I would definitely get it to a state that is more than some scribbled notes on the back of a shipping label I tore off a, a box of, you know, box of bottles from work. Or at the very least, like send it to them and then like have a strong have a conversation about like you know info dump all the stuff that that they might need. But definitely, I'd, yeah, I'd want to lay it out in a more cohesive form than just a bunch of DMs. But but if 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 it came to that, then yeah, just like I guess I could do that. But I uh, I certainly I, I I certainly understand what you mean, Kevin, when you say that that there is a certain level of doneness that is runnable by other people versus runnable by the guy who wrote it. At some point, if you hand someone a scenario that's like partially done and runnable by you only, you're essentially asking them to co-author it. To finish it, Maybe yeah. it's fine. Maybe you're saying, look, this is all I got. Uh, I need some ideas. Can you take a look at this, run what you want out of it, and then you know we'll circle back up and finish it up. But I would just make sure, I would be upfront about that. I wouldn't try to like sneakily get them to finish it and then you know claim it all yourself. But that might be a really good way to actually get one done. What, to just let somebody else finish it for you? <laughs> it's why the Orange Library got written. Wow. There's lots and lots of people that try this with me. But I mean, like, I really, the one library I think came out great. It would not be that good if two, both of us hadn't done it. There's lots and lots of people who try this shit with me. They they see stuff like the Orn Library and they think that if they talk about something that they like enough in my presence, I will do it for them. But 5% of the time. I mean, I think that it, because you're not the only one it's worked on. So maybe, um, I'm encouraging people by occasionally continuing to do it. Oh no, you're creating valuable work. I will also point out that you have accused me on several occasions of taking an idea that we were collaboratively developing and destroying it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some columns, in the, some are in the win columns, some are in the L column. You take it, take it as you or go. Saying, like claiming that it was no longer recognizable as yours because of what I'd done to it. So l- let me ask you this: We talked a lot about you know, it's, it's someone as a snare writer playtesting. Do you think there's any responsibilities of players in a playtest to, to do anything differently or to be any more cognizant or less cognizant? I think in a perfect world, all the advice that we have for playtesting, at least all the advice I personally have for playtesting, would also apply to regular-ass scenarios. Like, don't bring a character that will explicitly reject the premise of the scenario. I think the main, the main different piece of advice that I give for a playtest game is that when it comes to playtesting, you w- might need to just accept something that in a normal scenario would not necessarily be okay. And I don't mean that like accept, you know, like blatant racism on the part of the author or whatever. What I mean is is like if you're running if you're if you're playing like in a real game and your character dies because uh, like a regular scenario, your character dies because there wasn't like a line of descriptive text written for what happens if you throw your grenade into the vent, that is you know, like you're running the goddamn game. It's your responsibility to come up with something that's not just rocks fall, you die, unless you have a plausible explanation. But if you're running a play test and you say, okay, I throw the grenade into the vent, and the handler says, there's 
there's absolutely no information here on what happens. You might just have to accept that you know this is this is how the scenario gets better. We need to 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 write in our playtest feedback. This is a super obvious thing that's going to happen, and there's yeah. nothing written down here for what happens when it does. And Will, I remember you doing this with Extremophile. Yeah, uh, there. I think it was in the original playtest draft of Extremophilia. Of Extremophilia um, the 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 way to get into the green box was to attempt to force the lock using like a pry bar, and every time you did, you'd lose willpower. And I think you're right. I think I did say I realize this is a bullshit mechanic, but this is what's in the playtest doc. Go away, cat. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. I remember when you told the cat to go away. Yeah, this is what's in the playtest uh, document. So, so we we kind of have to do this to do it this way. Is I think what I said. Right. And that you'll you'll know that that is no longer present in the final published scenario text. Okay, I think that this does illustrate a difference in philosophy, though, because. I don't think I would hew quite so close to the original, but then I would still probably want to write that feedback. Definitely, that you know, maybe there should be some. Well, actually, that's that's an interesting question. When you give your, if you were, let's say this is a, this is hypothetical because I don't know if everyone's done this. If you give your snare to someone else to play test, do you expect them to run it exactly as written, or do you want them to use their imagination to fill in gaps? Uh, if I'm giving it to somebody else, then I think I would expect of them the same standard I would impose on myself, which is to to change as little as possible. But if you have to change something, write write down what it was and how it came up. Uh, and to answer the original question about what players should do differently in the playtest, um, I think in keeping with the scientific method, I think as little as possible. Uh, rather, should do differently as little as possible. I think players should approach a playtest the same as they would approach any other scenario because that's the way that the people who play the published version are going to approach it. Yeah, I guess the only advice, the only thing, I, the only caveat I give players when I start a playtest is, you know, uh, some things, yeah, I may end up just saying, like, there's nothing here, try another route, which I normally would never, would almost never say in a non playtest game. If they want to go down some rabbit hole, like, I'll invent stuff all day long, usually. Um, but so that may happen quicker in a playtest game. They just need to, you know, pivot on that. Um, and also, like, normally players don't really take notes because it's not – some players just don't. Um, the ones that do are always going to do it. But I would be like, you know, please, like, jot some notes down. If you had an idea but didn't follow through with it, we'll write the idea down so we can be after. You know, I thought about throwing a grenade in the vent, but I thought it might be too dangerous. Oh, well, there's really nothing for that. Maybe there should be something for that. You know, so you can kind of be collaborative there. You've hit on something good. I lied. There is one thing players should do differently, and that's take notes even if you don't normally take notes. Because yeah. notes from players who were part of the playtesting, that, that's gold to the scenario author. It's actually stuff you didn't do. Like, you yeah, know, stuff you thought really of. You should have attacked the police station, but we just didn't feel like it. Well, you, why? Yeah. How you reacted to stuff, what your thought processes were, uh, things that you looked for but couldn't find. Uh, things that you 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 like you would like to dig into more but didn't come up for some reason. Yeah, just just and s- some of that you can get like at the end of the end of the scenario you can just kind of debrief with your players and get them to kind of dump their notes onto you as a runner, yeah. and then you can kind of call everything. Doesn't need to be as big a process. Has anybody ever has anybody ever played this as something they wrote a long time ago? Like I, like I tend to write playtests, finalize big air quotes. Then I only like every time I run it again, I might make revisions. But I, I've never like picked up something from a long time ago and play tested it for the first time. Now, anyone ever done that? I don't think I've written anything long enough ago for it to make a difference. I have a disease where I and my disease is imaginary, and it's called losing interest in stuff 
very quickly after I've finished <laughs> writing it. So like, I, like, like this, this is a really bad habit of mine, but if people come to me with revisions of stuff, even if they're good revisions, if it's long enough after I wrote the thing, I, I just don't care. Like I, I like, I'll acknowledge that they're correct, but be like, I just don't want to work on this anymore. It takes very egregious um, mistakes on my part to make me go back and correct something from an old scenario. Uh, the most recent example I could think of of this is uh Someone came to me, a friend of the show, and told me that I had actually given the uh, an NPC a name that was grammatically nonsensical in a scenario. I think it was a um, a, a male character who had a, a, a was Vietnamese, and he had a, a name that was pretty much exclusively female. And so I went back and I I edited that, even though it was like a year or two later. And so that was a case where, again, I, I, I get I get annoyed, but then I realize, wait, no, this is 100% correct. And I have to, that was one that I did actually change. That, that disease is called putting it down at us or can't pick it up again. Or I, just, uh, I don't know. How leave, leave it alone, Ma? Tom, can I, can I ask you this question? Tell me if you don't want to talk about this on the show. But um, one thing that I notice is that you have borderline disowned a lot of your older work no matter how many times I tell you that I really like it. You're not wrong. So um, when you are, are playtesting stuff like that, what is, and, and, and this, this is actually something that I, I think about sometimes, what is your process for, and this, this is a question for anyone, when, when do you playtest something, realize I just don't like this, and kind of cut the cord before you put more energy into it? I've never shit. If if I have the if if I feel if I start writing something, um, I care enough about it that I won't shit can it. But I have drastically changed things. I know I I, I wrote a scenario called we always call it Stop Lido now, but because Jared Lido's in it. But originally yeah. it was a game where you played as Coral Nomad, and the intro changed a little bit. And it was more actiony, but like it just didn't work in the playtest. So I ended up scrapping all that stuff, and you end up being a regular kind of Delta Green team. And I made it so it was a little more tension. And Jared Lido isn't like a boss monster you fight that kind of thing so that was like a uh that's those two scenarios are have almost nothing in common except for the baseline so i scrapped everything else but i didn't ever think about just well not gonna write this i did scrap a scenario after playtesting it and that was well it doesn't matter what it was but i after playtesting it i found that the idea did not have as much um I remember it not having as much gameplay as you liked. It was a yeah. an, a very rich tapestry of lore that didn't directly translate into playable content. And I remember there being a really cool way to. And I'm saying it's really cool because I came up with it. But I remember there being a, mm-hmm. a, a fairly a fairly direct route to making it more playable. But that direct route was through doing a lot of work. Yeah. And it's one of those cases where you could put in the work, and then you find you might find that you've developed a product that might be better from the sense of the person playing it, but is no longer something that you're excited about. Yeah. Um, and there is a way I could, I could make it work the way that I had intended it. And there's a way that I could rework it to make it work in a different way. But in either of those two cases, um, it's a quite a different scenario. And as you say, I'm not really as interested in working on it as I was, as I was to begin with. Also, it didn't help that that was a Carcosa scenario, and that was in the year where every second shotgun scenario was a Carcosa scenario, and I just went. Uh, you mean this year? To... Oh yeah, this year, twenty twenty. Hey, oh wow, it's I all all I wanted to do was go back there. 
Yeah. We're, and here we are. So, but, but Tom, Tom, what about you? Because because one thing is that if I have a real bad play test, I don't want to I don't want to carry on with writing something. Like maybe I just get discouraged too easily. But I just always feel like oh, I could work on something else, and that effort would be better spent. But I remember kind of liking the ones that um, the ones that you had. Like uh, um, God, I can't remember that Soggy Froggy wins that one. Yeah, that one was pretty fun. That one was like the first part of Tome Rot, I think. No, no, the what? Sorry, the one, the precursor to that, the one where you actually um, go deal with the coven. Yeah, I thought that one was really rushed. Like you kind of just ble- breeze through the whole problem. Not you guys, as in like you, the players, but just in the way I wrote it, it was a problem that I thought kind of was just could be blitzed through. And was it maybe that actually filling in the gaps with delicate mechanical interactions and ripple effects for for streamlining for for speed running the scenario would have been very labor intensive uh, i guess i just didn't really know what i was doing at that point to a Dude, large I, degree i still I feel, feel like yeah so this might be a good case and you know first there's no reason like if you don't want to finish the scenario you, you, no one's holding a gun to your head although if somebody is then uh, comment twice to yeah, to, to yeah. let us know and we'll send somebody yeah if someone's holding a gun to your head uh patreon us a hundred dollars for two months and then we'll send a rescue team and uh <laughs> So this might be a case where you want to go to someone else and say, hey, I'm kind of stuck in this scenario. It's got some pieces I like, or it's got a lot of cool narrative, not a lot of mechanics. You want to help me flesh it out? Because someone else may have the missing piece and be willing to write that missing piece for you, or they may tell you to pound sand. Who knows? Or you may may tell someone, can you playtest this and just tell me what you invented? You know, Knowing that they have to kind of invent some stuff and kind of co-write it from that perspective to see how they do it, because they may find that like magic missing piece. Or it may just deserve to be in your you know round bit of history here's a good one uh this is a one that's very difficult for not just authors of scenarios but of any kind of media that gets proofread or exposed to a test audience how do you know when to change things and when the audience is just wrong when they ask for a change no it's the audience who's wrong exactly when, the audience is always wrong when when is so because this is this is a big one because like i've made changes to things that were very obviously like like i was wrong to write it the way i did and it was blindingly obvious after being told that I should have done differently. I've also had cases where I've made changes based on player feedback and then actually regretted it in the long run and wished I'd stuck to my guns. I don't have a, a strong answer because I, f- I feel like the answer is you'll know. Like it's, sometimes someone gives feedback and you'll go, ah, that totally makes sense. Those are the obvious ones. The other stuff, you kind of just got to like look at it, you know, like ask yourself if this wasn't my scenario, but I was I was editing it for someone else. Is this a change that I would make, or is this the case where the players, you know, they they had bad roles this part part of the session, you know, they didn't work out in their favor and they just didn't like it, but they got to suck it up, or was this really like poorly written? And some of that is really subjective, which makes it tough. But I think like pornography. I can't define it, but I know a change to make when I see it. Yeah, I'm also not sure what firm criteria I would um, I would even assign to that question. Um, I will tell you this, though. I ran a one-shot game for some people um, not too long ago, a month or two ago. And uh, one of the... One some one of the bits of feedback I got from one of the players was uh, was Will you run a fun game but you uh, you run it way too close to the printed rules <laughs> to, which, to which I said that is a deliberate design choice this is a one shot I don't know you Thank people you. thanks yeah so I was like yeah no, I, I I understand your your feedback but that was uh, I did that on purpose 
I will say it's important to realize that feedback that might be negative about the scenario, like I didn't like this or this was too hard, or whatever, isn't it's can be can be hard as a writer to not take that as feedback against you as a writer. Um, and that I took, like to it, think it took me a long time to kind of separate like yeah, I did write that poorly or I did like skimp on that and I need to change it and not take it personally. I would like to think that I do not uh, succumb to that, but I mean we're all human. We all kinda do. I'm, I'm I'm sure there's been at least one occasion where someone said, you know, hey, I didn't like this about something I've written and then I've I've been all, you know, not You're fair right. to that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm sure that's happened. You made a stupid choice. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, that is that is a thing that a lot of people uh, a lot of content creators struggle with. Yeah, it's one of those writer lessons that you only learn as you become a good writer, and it, there's no one can teach you that. And if someone tells you that, you're like, well, obviously, I won't take it personally, and then immediately take the next thing someone yeah. says personally, you know? Here's something. As a, a player, what kind of feedback should you be offering on some piece of material that someone's playtesting? Because one of the things I've noticed is that there's a big difference between offering feedback on a scenario and, like, holding a referendum on the way that person runs games. Yeah, I think you, you gotta. I think you gotta kind of limit it to what happened in the scenario. But how can you tell the difference? How can you tell whether, yeah. like, you get like? Here, here, oh, here, here's here's a real here's the real meat of the issue. I think. Do you let the players read the scenario text afterwards? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, because that way they can actually look and hopefully tell the difference between the way it was run for them and how it was written. So they can maybe disentangle like what are the foibles of that individual running it versus what's actually written there in the book. I'm doing a lot of like hand pointing gestures that you guys can't see for talking about this. That's and that's where it's important. I think even if you don't give them the scenario, it's important to have that kind of debrief at the end. You know, what were you thinking? That, that give them a chance to be like, man, I don't know why you had so many guards just shooting at us all the time. You can be like, well, you know, it's, it's a really dangerous facility. And they can be like, well, you never signposted that. And you failed oh, oh, six stealth checks. Yeah, or hey, you know, you guys went in guns blazing and drove a Mack truck to the front door. What do you expect me to do? But it could be that maybe you should have signposted it about being, you know, maybe you should have had as they were driving up, like, you know, hey, we never saw any signs for armed guards. They, they were all wearing, they pulled the guns out of briefcases. We had no way to know. Maybe that's a failure on the scenario's part, or maybe they should have done their research. You know, you got to kind of look at that from both ways. That's also where I think uh, is a scenario runner, playtest runner, you got to kind of err more on the side of follow the, the playtest as written, because then at least your personal foibles don't get pushed out into the scenario as much. You know, all the, all the faults are on the scenario, not on stuff you've invented to fill the gaps. Do you want to plug uh, Night of the Opera as a place to play test things if they don't have a place to play it? Or did we already plug that in a subtle enough way? So the, the Discord was literally created so that I could play test things. That is why I made it. Everything else is like stuff that has accreted around that premise. If you're if you're one of the people we talked about where you have a scenario you've written and you don't know a place to play dust it, you know, find the Night of the Upper Discord and play dust it there because you will for sure find players who will play dust stuff for you. There are many fine such communities scattered throughout the internet, and that is one of them. Yeah, well edit this or add live your own edition uh, as you see fit. <laughs> Put it in like a real robot voice, so it sounds like me saying, you know, Night of the Upper or any such fine internet communities. Yeah. Seamless. Play test your scenario at your community here. One thing that and I this this may be not a rich vein to tap, but I've I'm like very easily discouraged by a real bad playtest, even if it wasn't bad for reasons related to the scenario as written itself. I get this whole like yuck field around the thing that I've written because I associate it with the 
unpleasant memory, and I think, oh, why, why would I work on this anymore? Yeah, I could. It's like I, I could see, I could see that happening to me as well, honestly. And maybe, maybe it's maybe the reason why I'm like this is that I just have a lot of shit that I can hypothetically work on, and it's hard, and and so it becomes harder and harder for me to justify putting work into any specific thing. But it might just be because I'm like I'm being too fragile about what is good or not. I will also say that I've had stuff that I didn't think went well, but then the players demanded that I finish writing it up because they actually really enjoyed it. Or because even if they themselves didn't necessarily like playing it, they still wanted to run it for somebody else. Yeah, I can definitely see. Uh, I've had things go a similar way where I, I've ended a session being like, yeah, that was mediocre. And then people are like, oh, it's amazing. That was great. Thanks. It's like, Jesus. All right. Well, great. Uh, uh, and I'm also in the same boat where I have, you know, if I have 10 scenarios to work on and one of them didn't go great, like, what? Well, no one's paying me to work on these. I'll work on the one that I enjoyed. Um, you know, and if, if I ever get time, I'll circle back on the ones that, you know, got stalled out for whatever reason. And that's, again, that's just the, that's, not, that's not unique to, to you. I think it's, that's every writer has that same, same block. Yeah. And I think the world's worst advice is just don't have that block, but that doesn't, you know, which is the correct advice, but it's not helpful. The green box, we give you the correct advice, but it's not helpful. I mean, find the error in the statement. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm, I'm searching, I'm searching, but I can't. I give helpful advice all the time. It's just that uh, everyone except me seems to do it wrong. So then they think it's unhelpful. There you go. Wait, if it's such if it's such a good advice, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs>